Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So many people have been touched. I mean, I heard, like, from Larry Elders to just – there's so many people that – I mean, Drake is – you know, you got Drake is – is DMing our guys and Shaq is, I was on Instagram live with big boy, you know, from, uh, 92.3. I mean, it's just amazing. The, the people that has reached out and has been touched by it. And it said, man, that was something else. And I'm talking to these guys, they're famous people. And they, you know, they're talking to us like we're, we're famous, you know? What is up and welcome to Believe in High School Basketball. I am your host, Bryce Ronquillo. So thankful, so grateful to be on air. Thank you for joining me. Believe in High School Basketball is proud to be a part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals and the number one network in Los Angeles for sports podcasts. Let's get it. Episode 19 coming your way. But before we start the show, if you haven't already, Hit that subscribe button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you stream your shows so you can be notified whenever I drop a new pod. Also, leave a review as well. Rate five stars. Let me know your thoughts on the show. Guys, I am super, super duper stoked for you guys to hear this episode. I have East L.A. College head coach and star of the Netflix original series, Last Chance You, as my guest today. We had a great conversation. Coach Mosley is full of lots of wisdom. He is truly someone I look up to, not only just as a coach, but as a man as well. Just a heads up, there are some spoilers, so if you have not finished the documentary, I recommend you go watch it, finish it, then come back and listen to this episode. So, without further ado, here is John Mosley. Well, you heard it here on my intro, but he's worth introducing again. Welcome, ELAC head coach, John Mosley. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. We just, uh, you know, trying to manage all this stuff, man. We, you know, just, that show just dropped and a lot of attention, a lot of, worldwide attention uh very interesting i didn't realize that it would gain as much uh population we're talking about in 80 countries and uh still streaming in, in the top 10 you know my, my family say dad is still in the top 10 you know on uh netflix so still living through that and living through these moments yeah we love it coach east la is brought, brought right to your uh to, to your living room and it's it's on display and and full on I, I i thought it was great i was super excited uh to watch it and i i just finished it actually uh last night i just finished it i love the documentary super super awesome um i'm a little biased obviously for those who don't know i went to elac i graduated um i even called your guys's games for a couple season um yeah, while i was right, there that's right back yeah. back in the day yeah. um and yeah. it was, man, such a pleasure just to, to be a part of that. But this documentary was super cool. Um, and I remember when they were kind of floating around the idea on Twitter of uh, having Last Chance You Do Basketball. 
and people were yeah. tweeting, oh, choose ELAC, choose ELAC. And I thought, oh, that'd be pretty cool. But I didn't think it actually happened. And and now it's here. It happened. It, it's so insane. Yeah, it's kind of surreal, man. You know, when you when you think back, when you're living in the moment, it's like, okay, let's get through it. It's, you know, managing all that stuff. But to actually, um, you know, to actually, uh, you know, it's kind of surreal, man, to feel like, hey, they chose us out of all the schools. There's hundreds and thousands of schools that they could have chosen, and they chose East LA College. Um, I don't know what they were looking for. I told them, I said, hey, man, I, I might, I don't know if I can be as entertaining as some of those other coaches. Um, I don't know <laughs> if, uh, you know, any of that, man. But then I just thought, hey, I'll be authentic. And, you know, ultimately I, I, I wanted to make sure, you know, I, you know, my, I said, you know what, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to glorify, I'm going to please God through it. Um, that's the only way I'll do it. And so I try to keep that the focus. And you know what? They did a phenomenal job, man, of, with their edit. And they let me be real. And you know who I was showed up. I'm super intense, but also my faith is important to me. So I'm forever grateful. Um, I don't know how I can thank them, how they allowed it. And, you know, of course, they cut out some stuff and they um, – that I wanted to be in, but at the same time, they cut out some stuff that I didn't want to be in. So it was, it was great <laughs> how it was put together. Um, yeah. it was awesome. And they were, did a great job of, of, you know, no one's offended. And, and I think it, it came off, uh, it came off well and I couldn't ask for a better, you know, a better doc, but I just can't even imagine why we were chosen. And, um, I'm just grateful, but it was exciting. And I originally didn't want to do it. And, uh, you know, Bobby, athletic director, said, oh, you got to do it. And, <laughs> but the final uh, okay to do it, um, I spoke with another coach. He's actually San Bernardino Valley coach. We're really good friends. Mm-hmm. He's a believer. And he said, man, you got to do it. You got to share your faith on the screen, blah, blah, blah. And we were in Dallas. We were at an event. And I'm immediately after he said that, he kept, you got to do it. You have to do it. I walked outside and called my pastor. And I said, okay, my pastor's going to tell me, no, you don't want to do that. We're not, you know, you yeah. need a minister not being in Hollywood and be on. And he says, no, you predestined. Nothing's going to happen to you. You go ahead and do it. it. You know, don't worry about the repercussions. You get this platform to minister. And he told me when I called him and I was like, dude, I got to do it. And, you know, I was kind of shaking in my boots and I was burdened with like, you know, I was kind of burdened like, Lord, um, you know, like. You know, I, I hope I can please you while I'm doing it, while I'm serving these guys. But, you know, at the same time, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to be, seem like this holy roller where you mm-hmm. turn people off. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to let them know that, hey, here's an opportunity. Here's something that that um, that I can share. Yeah, that was super apparent too, Coach. You didn't come off at all, in my opinion. You didn't come off at all as a, as a holy roller, but someone who was just uh, out there being your real true self and – uh, man, props to your pastor for for uh, for giving you the the okay to to go and do it on the show, and that was the one thing that I thought was really cool. I'm I'm a I'm a man of faith myself, and um, mm-hmm. just how apo- unapologetic you were about your faith. You know, cr- Christians nowadays, I feel like uh, they get a little too scared, and and they f- they're afraid they're they're going to get canceled if they talk about their faith. And um, you were just out there being mm-hmm. your true self, loving on your players and loving on, on those around you, you know, love on to your neighbor as you love yourself. And um, that, mm-hmm. that was apparent on the show. And, you know, how are you going to cancel somebody 
if you're just out there loving on people. Yeah, I wasn't trying to force the agenda or nothing like that. And I think that's why my players are comfortable with me. You know, some people might say, hey, are they comfortable? Yeah, they're comfortable because I'm being me just as they're being themselves. They're cursing and swearing. I could be uncomfortable with it, but I'm not because Mm -hmm. I know their position and I'm not cursing and swearing. So they're not uncomfortable. Man, he's not cursing. I'm uncomfortable with that. You know, no, we're just being (laughs) ourselves. We're being authentic and we're not shoving it down each other's throats. Just like their lifestyle, I see it all day long, or anybody's lifestyle um, who doesn't believe what I believe. You know, not that they're not unsaved or not that they're not unsaved or anything, but anybody who doesn't believe what I what I believe, you know, we, you know, you don't you don't have to be uncomfortable around me, and I won't make you feel uncomfortable. But I was just sharing, to, you know, authentically what I'm about, and what my family's about, and uh, yeah, and, and I think it carries over to the, just the servant attitude and being able to serve others. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what we call to do as, as as coaches in general, man. It's just to serve these kids, and um, and if we can make it less about ourselves, and I, hey, I have the same problem. I'm not perfect because sometimes I get caught up in winning and want to win, and you know it's apparent in in us, you know, some of the success we've had in, over the years. I want to win, and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to win. And sometimes God has to remind me that, you know what, I called you here to, you know, to make sure you can win, but we need to just make sure that the true purpose is to help, you know, these students move on and transfer and, and kind of encourage them to get better. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, one, one thing that I thought was, or, or, or that I think is cool just about, you know, the whole TV thing is that you, you, you kind of see when you see yourself on TV, it really puts things in, in things into perspective. It's it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's like watching game film, right? When you know, as a coach, you you watch game yeah. film because it exposes, you know, some mistakes maybe you didn't notice in in the heat of the moment or or right there in, in the game. So when you were watching the documentary, was there anything that you saw that just kind of took you back a little? Yeah, I mean literally when it first came on, I was just like, that's not me. But, you know, I mean, I literally came on and, and the intensity that was shown, I was like, oh, my <laughs> you know, I was like, And I knew I was that intense. But then I thought, I said, okay, I thought maybe they would gradually bring my intensity into. Oh, no, it was the, right there. The show. It was right away and it never ended. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well. I guess everybody knows the truth now, and it and it is. I'm very intense, and I'm I mean I'm literally uh, kind of sitting here. My son just went to practice, and I'm sitting waiting for him to pick him up. And one of the parents came to me, and she said, "Mosley, you just so quiet, and you talk a little bit, but you're not aloof. But you just we had no idea the intensity you had, and I was just like, okay." You know, so everybody's looking at me like, oh, my gosh, he's going to scream at me, you know. <laughs> um, but we were able to draw back, and they saw that that passion versus um, mm-hmm. anger. Yeah. So it wasn't anger. It was passion for those guys to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I was glad that it, that's the that's what I've uh, been receiving is like, no, 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 Mosley, we saw it as passion for them to succeed and not anger because I was afraid they were going to say, oh, I'm this angry, you know, black guy, black coach demeaning the players or screaming at the players and it, and it really wasn't that it was it truly is passion for them to to do well you know 
yeah, that was definitely clear, you know, right from the go. And I obviously know that because I know you, but uh, it, it right. was it was presented in that way where it's just like, you know, this guy's just super competitive. And you know what? As a coach, you, you got to be a little crazy, you know, th- in this profession and yeah. this, uh, especially in junior college, uh, you, you got to be a little crazy in order to get out there <laughs> in those circumstances in junior college mm. and go and put together a winning squad. Yeah, you got to, man, you got to switch it up on them a little bit, you know. Uh, it's, you got to be constant. Um, your energy level has to be up. And you can't let, allow them to to get bored, you know. Uh, so you just got to do different stuff. And it's not to do anything to act crazy or do any – it's not not a trick. It's just a feel. You just got to have a feel for the moment and know that, hey, we got to keep it moving or we got to pause here or I need to stop or I need to make a profound point or whatever. It's just a feel. And I think a lot of the the, the best coaches, they have a feel. I tell people all the time, hey, I don't know. If, I'm, if I got great X's and O's, but I, I do have a feel for the moment and how the, the temperament of our practices and the temperament of the place. And I mean, I prayed one time, we went in there and we won, we beat Rio Hondo, we won the conference. And then something just, I just felt still a, a sense of selfishness. You know, I can see the body language. We just won. We, it was great. Everybody played. And I was just like, you know what, this is not right. And I just immediately you know, kind of just said, man, let me just rebuke this what's going on right now mm-hmm. because we, we got, we having a great year. Things are going great, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that was a great moment too, just to end the show, uh, to, yeah. to see you just kind of praying over your guys like that, you know, when and, and at a, at a time where you could easily just get complacent moving forward. And, uh, I mean, yeah. you see that in, in, in the, when you guys get to the playoffs, you, you, you play a bad game and pull it out. Um, yeah. which which was your last game, unfortunately, um, on that yeah. run. But to end it on that note, I think was uh, was pretty cool. Just to end the season with a win, you know. Anytime you could end a season with a win, it's usually a good thing. But man, under these unique circumstances of of COVID, and oh man, did I feel that feel your pain, coach, of watching that yeah. again? It, it yeah. rehashed a lot because last year I was a, a part of a Azusa Pacific, right? We. Yeah, I was uh, yeah. on the on the staff there uh, the whole year. We lost three games in the regular season, lost one, the, our fourth game in the conference yeah. uh, tournament. So we had a really good team, second seed hitting into the NCAA tournament, and we're practicing, getting ready to play Cal State San Bernardino, and we get the call that uh, our, our, our uh, season's canceled. We're in San Diego. Right. So I, yeah. I felt yeah. that pain, Coach. And, man, w- watching it again, did it just uh, – uh, what what did that yeah. bring watching that again? Well, I just really felt like I just kept, you know, because for me, I'm a, you know, hey, I may coach 20 more years, but for those guys, that was it. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. that was their opportunity. When you think about the schools that are recruiting them, I mean, no offense, but this may be the only time they can win a championship. You know, they go to a lower uh, major division one or low, unless they go to a high major Division two program, yeah. it'd be tough to win a championship. This may have been a time to do it. I just feel like I let the guys down, even though it was not my fault, because they, at that point, they had did everything that I asked them to do. You know, even Joe Hampton. And, and a lot of guys, you just see Joe and you just see, see Deshaun and those guys. But everybody had moments like Joe Hampton, and they all had brought it together. And at that moment, they had brought it together. And that last game against Hancock, 
we did not do well in terms of execution or anything. And, you know, I, you know, we still have a disagreement on how this playoff schedule should be. I mean, we, we, you know, wait a week and we played Saddleback and then we waited another week and played Hancock. It's hard to, yeah, you know, those that, days tough. where you're only playing two games, you know, two games in like 12 days, man, at over 14 days, that's hard. And so we were kind of like a little rusty. We hadn't didn't have momentum and we just were able to squeeze it out. And it was because of the care. It was because those guys liked each other and they played for each other. Mm -hmm. So that game didn't have nothing to do with talent because Hancock, you know, their talent, they were good. Oh yeah. That was a really good team. Yeah, they were good. So it had to do with, they just refused to lose together and they reached that goal. And, uh, you know, I, I really believe, this was the best team that I've had. It was really talented, but the best team in terms of both having talent and having guys that refuse to lose and play together, um, and just selfishness, self selflessness, um, more. And you can't see it by words. The guys will say the words and they'll pout and complain, but it really wasn't selfish. Those guys did a phenomenal job of playing together when it mattered, you know, like, no, we got to win, you know? And, and uh, we had great, great leadership, even though, you know, the, the, you know, the show, you know, you build up some of the characters um, mm-hmm. and they're a little bit bigger than, than they may appear. But I mean, ultimately, man, those guys played together. Um, it was really tough. And I, I felt like I let them down. You know, this is believe in high school basketball that, you know, this is a high school basketball yeah. show. And, you know, you, you coach played in a, at a time that, you know, high school basketball was a, a lot different than it is now and not to make you sound ancient or nothing, but, uh, um, it's just, you know, basketball is, is not really, especially at the prep level, you know, we got all the prep schools, AAUs a lot bigger than it was back then. But, um, you know, tell me a little about your, your high school experience. I know you talk a little bit in in the show, but, um, um, just a little bit more about how that was, um, growing up playing for the local school, all of that. I'm at a city section. Mm-hmm. City section, city section school, man. Went to Washington Prep and was there for four years. I played two years of varsity. In those days, you know, it was it was tough to play varsity as a freshman, man. You, you know, in the city, it was super loaded, man. You had all those, you mm-hmm. know, those Crenshaw, Dorsey, Manuards, you know, Washington Prep, Westchester, and I mean, those. That's when you know Crenshaw was the number one team in the country. Yeah. You know, they had a number one. Team. You know, you're talking about the, the 80s, the early 80s, all the way through the mid-90s were the city. And then eventually you get some CIF schools. Um, I think a lot of the private school students started to transfer to those schools. They started to get access to those schools. And uh, it kind of watered down, not just the city schools, but all schools kind of got watered down. And then you get charter campuses. And so now, um, you know, a lot of those city power uh, players and then the fathers or parents, you know, they have children and they move to the Inland Empire and then they, you know, it, you know, I, I brag because I feel like it all stemmed from the inner city and it mm-hmm. kind of branched out and so a lot of the the uh, foundation or the the I guess the family tree of of LA hoops is kind of branched all over the place. You know, um, you get a lot of families that that really dads that really or grandparents that really grew up in los angeles um but it was i was there at a time where our team was really good i mean they called us the road warriors they were building a new gym at washington prep and 91 was my last year when when i graduated and uh i can remember crenshaw being one of the top teams in 
They wrote in Cal High. It was a book, Cal High book. I remember that was a big thing. You know, when the magazines came out. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you get articles, <laughs> man. Now it's just a tweet, and then the tweet is gone in two days. You know. But when you got that Cal High magazine, man, you kept that thing for the whole year. And we had an article where Washington Crenshaw game was one of the best games in, you know, the history of city basketball. I remember playing. It was Kevin Ollie. Oh, wow. Uh, he was on that team, and I played against. He was the same year as myself. And uh, on my team, I had Barnabas James. Barnabas James was the number one player in the in the country coming out of eighth grade. He had kind of played well against, and it was between him or Chris Weber, and he got the number one spot as an eighth grader. And so you see the, the talent level, and as he came up, you know, uh, you know, he had circumstances where he kind of dropped off. He ended up going to University of New Orleans. But um, And then Isaac Burton was on that team, and Isaac Burton ended up going to – he came to East L.A. College with me. So me and Isaac Burton played at East L.A. College. He goes to Arizona State, and I went to the Masters College. So Isaac Burton was on that team, and he played, you know, 12 years overseas. So you're talking about a lot of talent in the city at one time where you got four guys, Division One, and guys are playing pro overseas – you had Dorsey High School, talented yeah. Westchester High School, Gumby and Sam Crawford. And oh, it was just, you know, um, I was in a city where uh, my younger days in the city, Crenshaw High School, it was, and which I talked to him on the phone the other day, Cornelius Holden. Um, you had John Staggers. You had, I mean, it, it's just amazing all of the, the talent that was, uh, that was in the city. Such and a then, rich history. But now it's kind of spread out. Yeah. It's like every once in a while you get, you know, the the Chino Hills where you, you know, the guys yeah. grew up in the area and, you know, they weren't yeah. all bust yeah. in from d- different parts of the world. But, um, yeah, it, it's yeah. not. It, it's it's much more rare now. Do do you think yeah. in a, in a same in in a way though that that kind of change, you know, that happening where, you know, kids are kind of moving out of the inner cities and playing in the IE or or even the private schools, prep schools, all of that. Do you think some of that is is a good direction for the game, or do you think it's kind of caused some kids to you know lose their grit a little bit? Yeah, I I, I think it's you know, uh, and I don't want to be critical, but I I just you know we look at the trend from that's starting in the NBA, you know, the, just just uh, you know being able to move to different teams and say, hey, for the sake of winning, let's you know partner up and let's win a championship. Um, I know I didn't leave my high school and I had several opportunities. I had opportunities to go to a private school, two different private schools Say, Hey, come here. We'll make sure you get to school. Um, you know, all those different things. And I just didn't, um, you know, I didn't take those opportunities cause I had pride in my, in my school. I was like, no, I'm here at Washington high school. I'm not going anywhere. Um, but I think now even so the, the private schools and some of the, even charter schools are, you know, it's unfortunate our inner city schools, um, just the, uh, you know, just the, 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 the resources at some of our state schools and our mm-hmm. inner city schools, it's not as funded as yeah. our private and charter schools. And I think that's the biggest reason. And so we see our education starting to fail at, at uh, some of, you know, uh, some of the city schools, you know, the education is starting to fail. And I'm just like, I think that's some of it. And, and when a kid can decide, hey, I can go get a opportunity to go to a private school and um now uh you know there's the education in terms of the 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 value on the the education at the private school 
appears to be more. You're talking about the value um, of the resources. I mean, you know, hey, I'm a, I can't, I can't, uh, hey, I got my son at a private school. Hey, oh, yeah, your you son know, goes to St. Francis, so. <laughs> yeah, he goes to St. Francis. Hey, they got a budget to, you know, to give the kids new uniforms maybe every year or every other year, you know. Um, you know, at the high schools and the public schools, the kids got to buy their own uniforms. That That's crazy. So you, you get a, uh, you know, you get in an area where socioeconomically the, you know, the students, they, you know, their parents do okay, but they, they're they given more resources, free resources. But then you are in uh, the inner city where they have less resources, and then they they have to, you know, they, they have to pay out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, 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 uh, I think that's a little bit of it with, you know, with the, the CIF, the public, the private, uh, institutions, man, they, you know, uh, it's unfortunate, um, cause that tradition is kind of watered down now. There's not much tradition. It's just wherever the powerhouse school is, you know, it's, it's Eric King, it's a powerhouse. I mean, it just shifts. I, I mean, I can remember, you know, Cantwell was a powerhouse a couple of years ago, you know, then it just shifts. Um, yeah, as soon you know, as I left, changes, that place fell shifts. apart, you know, just uh, yeah. it wasn't built. <laughs> Couldn't hold without yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I know, uh, you know, when Coach Zidane was there, it was just you got Division One player after Division One player, and you had a you had a following, and, and then, you know, it just changes. So mm-hmm. – it's not like it used to be where a school was going to be a power forever. It's where it's trending now. So wherever the trend is, that's where you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's definitely, yeah. Like as far as like the inner cities, LAUSD, it's a much bigger issue than just basketball. It goes into like it's you basketball. said, all yeah. the it's socioeconomic resources mm-hmm. that, that we don't have anymore at mm-hmm. those places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think people I easily look over that high school, sometimes. And that's the issue. The issue is, it's, you know, because the kids are still there, but if a kid is talented enough where, you know, a school will say, Hey, if you can get to school out this way, the, you know, we've proven that our education may be a little bit better. And Hey, you know, we got parents that'll sponsor you guys with shoes and you don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about, you know, we got a budget for uniforms. Then that's a better look than, you know, staying home where where you got to pay for your own uniform and or put it on layaway, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's kind of a good a good segue into what I wanted to ask you next is, you know, I, I've been advocating for high school sports, high school basketball in general, just uh, to be played around the country, give these kids a chance uh, to get back on the court, um, play the game they love, improve their physical, their mental health during this tough time. And, and, man, it just seems like JUCOs, uh, especially in California, were just kind of put on the back burner and people forgot about them. And there hasn't been a lot of support. Yeah. You guys had your season canceled uh, this year. And, uh, man, that's got to be frustrating, Coach, just to see that lack of support. Absolutely frustrating. Um, so at the high school level, you have parents that are really making noise to try to push to get their kids back in school. And at the university level, the majority of the universities – um, there's a financial benefit, you know, for playing television games and different things like that. So they're advocating for that. The community college level, no one's talking about them. And what's crazy is, as I just stated about the state schools and, um, you know, or the public schools versus the private, the kids need 
campus schools, the, the community college the most right now. I have not seen our kids in a year. That's not right. That's not fair mm-hmm. to not see them in a year. I'm not talking about trying to play games. I'm talking about can we just engage the student and help them academically or, uh, you know, uh, support or prevent this depression that's going on because they're sitting in the house and they don't have access to facilities or access to schools or ha- access to anything. Yeah. They don't have access because all of the gyms are closed. And you got this black market that's charging kids uh, a, a large amount to come and play. And the kids have ran out of money. And so it's, 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 it's tough. And so, um, you know, when is it not going to be about a political agenda or whatever? You know, I don't know what's going on, but I know it's not right and it's not fair. And it's, it's really discouraging for someone or for leadership to not see that that's important and to not be compassionate enough to understand, Hey, there are people, not just athletes, but there are students, there are people who need engagement and it's not happening in a a year for whatever political agenda that's going on a year for there not to be some type of planning. So we're not asking to, Hey, let's go back and let everything be normal. No, just give us a plan so that we can execute some level of engagement that's all we're asking for i'm not asking to bounce a ball or anything give us a plan to execute some level of engagement i recruited the student athlete for a year to come here i recruited these individuals to come here and now you're closing the door to the, the to 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 any resources and the reason why they came is because they said okay we have access to all these things well now i didn't make good on the promise hey you got access to the gym you got access to the library you got access to tutor. There's no access to any of that anymore um, or right now for a year. And so that, that part is definitely frustrating, frustrating. And if anything gets me kind of frustrated or angry right now is that, and I probably shouldn't be, but I just can't see how, you know, I don't know what leadership we're talking about. It could be government. It could be, you know, I don't know what leadership has the final say so, but it bothers me, but there's no, not enough compassion to find something, some type of solution or a plan to let us safely engage. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I, because their kids are suffering. Yeah. I had Valerie Brown on last week. We we're talking about, you know, what's going on in, in Nevada and Vegas. And you know, she's, she's telling me like, yo, Bryce, I got thousands of people over at the, at the racetrack and in the casinos, but I can't put on a tournament with no fans to just two coaches and five players on the court. They won't allow me to. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like the the um the priorities you you really kind of get to see, you know, where the yeah. uh like you said whatever leadership it is, you know, not pointing fingers or nothing, but whoever's here making decisions just like, "Hey, we're not asking for much." Um yeah. you know, in your case, you're even saying like, "Hey, we don't even got to practice. I just want to be able to see my guys." I mean, I, I don't think and, that's too yeah. much to ask for at all, Coach. No, that's all I'm looking for. I mean, I get it. It's not safe enough to play, but, I mean, goodness, man, just let us engage, you know, and that's probably my biggest frustration. And, um, you know, you, you kind of worry, like, hey, do you want to yell loud enough and be targeted or what? I don't I don't know what the right answer to do is. We've tried to do everything, and we're talking about collectively as athletic directors and coaches and it's kind of like, uh, yeah, we hear what you're saying, but uh, we'll get back to you. you know? mm-hmm. And uh, now we're in a tier where we can all return. <clears throat> and there has been no guidelines prepared. So 
kind of a waiting game, and it's like, well, okay, we'll prepare the guidelines now, which should have been executed and then should have been prepared so that as soon as we got in the right tier to return, then to be able to walk in. So I'm a little disappointed in that. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. who to call out or would call anybody out, but I'm a little disappointed that we didn't we didn't have the guidelines ready for when we got into a tier. You know, it's been a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've shown, you, you've seen. <laughs> that's plenty, plenty of time to prepare a plan. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's pretty wild coach. And I hope that you guys are able to see each other. You know, you're able to see your guys soon and, and get back on the court soon enough. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, just, just to get back out there and get another season going, like you said, as soon as you can. But, um, w- one thing that was apparent from the show and, mm-hmm. It's that JC Ball is no joke, and yeah. uh, I I saw a tweet by uh, uh, full time hoops hoops uh, Aaron Bergen, shout out to him, uh-huh. does a great job down in San Diego, um, and yeah. I, I got to read it off because it was hilarious. Um, yeah, go ahead. He, he said, you know, people don't understand how different Cali JUCO ball is. High school kids be yeah. thinking, oh, I'm about to go kill, and then they get matched up against a 27-year-old ex-Marine with three kids in the bleachers trying to get an overseas contract. And exactly. that had me, like, literally dying because I was like, that's literally sometimes the situation. It's like, you know what? Once you get out there, that 27-year-old elbow hits different than an 18-year-old elbow in the chest. And um, yeah. my, my, my question is for – for kids who maybe watch the documentary and now are hitting your email, sending you the game film, hitting your line, how can you, without, like, especially in recruiting, without scaring off, you know, potential recruits, but also just keeping it real with them that it's, you know, you know, you got to know what you're walking into here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, there's, you know, there's only 15 spots. And then when you get into a season, you're talking about, maybe eight guys are in a rotation. So you got to come to terms with, if, if that, is that something that you want to compete against? And then historically, I kind of let them know, it, it, this is if we're going through the recruiting process, okay? So that's number one, 15 spots, maybe eight guys play. Then historically, we've done well, and our guys are transferring and moving on. And now I know a lot of guys want to be a part of that, and they figure if they're on their roster – then they probably are going to have an opportunity to get a scholarship. And I, I believe that to be true. But can you be better? And most of, most of the young men that reach out to me and talk to me, they're good enough. You know, they're, they're good enough. But are you better than the other eight or nine that's here? And are you willing to, you know, to take on that role um, that the 14th or 15th man uh, you know, or, or do you even make the 14th or 15th man spot? So it's not, you know, a lot of times, and even with the players, you know, they were complaining. I didn't have an issue, man. I know what kids say on the bench and all that. I'm like, whatever. You complain about playing time. Well, the, the bottom line is, is, is it's not that you're not good enough. That's never the, the coach. And I love the way Coach Rob put it. It's not that I'm anti the guy not playing. I'm just pro the guy that's, you know, that's a little bit better, you know, Um and, you know, I'm, I'm not anti you. It's just the, this, you know, he's probably, he's just, he's just better. He's playing better. You know, you're not, it's not that you're not good enough. It's just that they're playing better. And for all the people that, you know, want to be a part of the program, I mean, it, there's a, there's a, a level that we have been so fortunate to get to that, man, we've gotten to a level where we got the, you know, 
some like a Joe Hampton, a four or five star. Mm-hmm. And now it's up to me to do I just which which four or five star do I want to manage? Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard to to be faulted for a high level talent talented player um, and realizing that that player, if we can just manage some of the things that they're dealing with, that you know you have a chance to win a state championship. And for me, I like to say winning is essential. That's what's important. Winning isn't everything, but it's essential to win. You got to win in life. And what I'm trying to do is show these young men how to win. You know what I'm saying? So you have to win so that you build credibility to help change their lives. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So winning, and I know it was kind of built up. It was like, hey, Coach Mosley's got to win his champions. You know, it, it really wasn't that much of a factor. But you do have to win to build credibility with those young men so that mm-hmm. they know, like, we did something, we worked hard, we accomplished it. I know the next thing I do in life, whether it's at the university, whether it's a corporate-level job or whatever, I want to be a sports announcer, you know, whatever it is, you know that, okay, if I work hard, I know how to win, I know how to be successful and that's that's really what it's all about. So, it I do uh, take value in a high level uh, of talent, so mm-hmm. that we can continue to build credibility. You know, yeah. um, but I welcome anybody to walk through the door, anybody who wants to come, anybody who wants to try. I, some guys, I tell you right away, I say you're probably not. You're good enough to make the team, but it's going to be tough based on what I'm looking at and based on what. And you have to come to reality of that. Now, there are some guys that's proved me wrong and in both ways. You know, I thought they were going to be the God's greatest gift, and they <laughs> didn't work out. And then there's some guys, you know, that I was like, okay, he's not going to play, and then they end up starting, and I'm like, okay. But those were guys that were – they were in that little window where I knew that they both were good enough, you know. But the guys – there's some guys that I have to tell that I'll, I'll tell you, and, and I share that in the documentary that even my – my coach and I was kind of embarrassed. They didn't, they didn't, they cut out off the rest of it. You know, I, I eventually, I had a great story too. He told me I wasn't good enough and I ended up getting doing what I needed to do to get back in the starting rotation, you know, mm-hmm. up and he said, yeah, I wasn't good enough, but it was still a good message. And I wasn't, you know, afraid to say that, yeah, at one point I wasn't good enough and I had to do what I needed to do. And the coach told me, and, you know, sometimes we got to be honest and I'll share, you know, for what we're doing, you're not good enough. And I'll, I'll say that. And sometimes people prove me wrong in the program, you know, and then sometimes people prove me wrong outside of the program. But, you know, most of the time I, I really try to have a fair assessment. And, uh, and most of the time I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, in most cases on, on track with it, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I totally get what you're saying, Coach. I love what you said earlier, just about winning being essential and building. To me, to me, that just shows how you've built such a winning culture around uh, Elac, and it, it's it shows in 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 the documentary because you you would think just the way that like it was it was kind of presented, you would think that you guys were like ten and ten at one point. And and right. and you're in the locker room at halftime, letting the guys have it, and then and then it's like, hey, they're actually, uh, you know, you would think also that maybe you were down going into the locker room. It's like, oh no, they're actually up by 15, uh, and yeah. they're uh, they've only lost one game this year, 
and it's just like that that's just the winning culture you, we're not doing good yeah. enough and if we we yeah. slack off for a little bit um we're gonna yeah. lose the uh, a rio hondo could come and sneak up on us uh a mount sack yeah. could mean, come they, and sneak up were, on us yeah anybody <laughs> and yeah i mean those are the things that i mean it's human nature to kind of back off and shy away and that's a challenge especially with that team but what was good though is we didn't lose those games in in the years past what would happen is we slack off and we maybe had a inch we were inch off of our character to to pull it out anyway this team we would they they would still you know in some ways it wasn't a good habit they would they would know how to win and really really turn it on but i I really felt good about it i really felt that uh we had the opportunity to to do it because of the character it was good character and i know they had to build you know we had to build some characters and joe and you know, those guys, man, they're, they're going through so much and you only saw a fraction of the story of the reactions and why those things are happening. There's things that are happening that really had nothing to do with basketball. You know, it was things that are happening in our lives. And so one thing didn't go right in basketball and now they, they, they would take it out. You know, they just be like, mm-hmm. man, everything's going wrong and I just need everything to go right on the court. And one thing goes wrong and they blow up, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's I totally get that. You know that happens in in life every day with just regular people, um, let alone athletes. But uh, you know, coach, as we we kind of uh, yeah. wrap things up here, I know you're you're now on social media. Uh, you're, you're now uh, on Instagram and Twitter. So why don't you let oh um, yeah. why don't you let my listeners know where they could find you, where they could keep up with you. Um, and anything, anything else that's coming up and also how, how they could, if they want to show support to ELAC, how they could do that as well. Yeah. So I, I had to get savvy with this stuff. So, uh, my Twitter is just John Mosley jr. Um, it's at John Mosley. That's my Twitter. And then my Instagram is at coach John Mosley underscore ELAC. So coach John, and that's, that's my uh, Instagram. And on both of those accounts, there's a link tree with all information on how you can buy gear and how you get, uh, you know, you know, make a donation to the, to, to our program, just all those different, uh, you know, links and that you can get to that we have, and it'll be some more links up. Um, I'll also, uh, as we've been requested to kind of as coaches to kind of get on, you know, I got to do it now, you know, some Instagram live because there's a lot of people with questions and maybe answer some questions and let them hear our voices uh, live. So we're going to do some Instagram live stuff um, in here in the next, hopefully in the next week or so, as we get in a lot of requests and people want to hear from us um, and all the DMs that are coming in and try to answer some of those questions, you know, and do that on a consistent basis until we can get, you know, some of those answers out. Cause you know, a thousand people say, for instance, we got a question Everybody is just questioning. They, I mean, I, the, the biggest question is from, like, coaches, like, hey, Coach Mosley, I got emails, I got DMs, I got uh, DMs in my tweet. Everybody's asking me, hey, what is your philosophy, philosophy behind the lifting weights after games, you know? Oh, and yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. So everybody's asking about that, and I won't give that away. Um, I'll tell you, you know. Well, we could talk off everything. air about that. Yeah, we I thought talk. that was I interesting. Share with you, but I want people to come and, and uh, take a look. So we have all those different ideas, and you know, what were you doing 
when you were walking for eight minutes, you know, there's all these questions that everybody's asking and I can't just answer one because there's some long answers and I'm like, okay, do I have to answer this long answer like a thousand times, you know, so it's great to answer <laughs> why we lift after the games to, you know, 2000 listeners, you know, or whatever. So that, that'd be great if I, I'll jump on Instagram live and answer all those little, uh, there's, there's about, you know, there's a good 10 questions that everybody you know, want to ask that I've seen multiple questions, you know, the two I just said, and then, Hey, what was your philosophy? What did you want to get out of going to the retreat in Kobe ranch and those different type of things, you know? So there's lots of, uh, lots of questions, um, that we received that were similar and, and we can answer those without trying to send a DM back to, uh, 20,000 people. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Coach, for coming on, everyone. Make sure you go follow him on Twitter, on Instagram, and uh, go watch the documentary. Man, if you haven't already, we pretty much spoiled most of it. Uh, but, man, go, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> go and watch the documentary. It's worth watching, worth finishing if you haven't. Once again, thank you, Coach, for uh, coming on the show. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, Bryce. And uh, hey, I'm still upset you didn't. You said, "Coach, I'm coming to coach with you," and then you started broadcasting. You, you know, oh uh, man, you came in there and said, "Hey, I'm gonna come and uh, be your assistant coach." <laughs> and then, uh, and then you took off on me and said, "Nah, I'm gonna do communications." I think you saw the JUCO guys and was like, "You know what? I'm gonna just go jump into this communications thing." Hey, at the time, I was also uh, chasing a, a career in volleyball, so uh, that that also yeah, well, uh, absolutely that, that, that was right volleyball. And, that was yeah. calling me also, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that that played yeah. into it. But man, may, maybe I should have, maybe I should have jumped on your bench for uh, no, for a season. You do, you do a good job. <laughs> you do a good job. But yeah, man, I encourage everybody to go watch it. Uh, it's not just myself, but it's the world. It's Netflix. The numbers are saying that it, it's one of the probably going to beat all of the other last chance you in terms of numbers and then in terms of awards for documentaries so many people have been touched i mean i heard like from larry elders to just there's so many people that i mean drake is you know you got drake is is dming our guys and Shaq is i was on instagram live with big boy you know from uh 92.3 i mean it's just amazing the the people that have reached out and has been touched buy it and it said man that was something else and i'm talking to these guys they're famous people and they you know they're talking to us like we're we're famous you know uh but all of them i mean shack i mean uh joe hampton was on with shack uh the other the other day with on his instagram live so it's just it's just amazing it's crazy man it's, it's a phenomenon i think you know anybody you guys go watch it no it's not just because of me or elac or because it's east l.a um, but it, it really is a powerful message in it. That'll do it for episode 19. Thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to rate and leave a review. Subscribe if you like the show. If you want more info on future shows or just want to interact, follow me on social at Bryce Broadcast on Twitter and Instagram. Give Coach Mosley a follow as well. Once again, thank you guys and until next time.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.